Hey everybody, welcome back for another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and I am here in the Washed Media Studios. Joining me today, you've gotten a, a quite a large dose of the two of us in, in recent weeks, but he's back again. We're doing a home and home. Welcome to Sunday Scaries and Wash Media's own Will DeFreeze. Will, what's going on? This is just the second leg of our uh, Champions League matchup. That, uh, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the first leg will drop next week on the Sunday Scaries feed, but you know, I'm trying to get some uh, away goals uh, this week, even we, though those don't matter anymore. Yeah, we're we're going in reverso mode. Mm-hmm. This, this podcast recorded second, but will have been released first by. The, so that was mm-hmm. we recorded Tuesday. Today is Thursday. You notice anything different about me? Um, did you get a spray tan? I did. I did. I got a spray (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm manned up, tanned up. For what? Just, just general hanging out? I I, I just, I know I I elaborated this on this on, uh, on retail therapy for those that don't, I'm sure you, I'm sure you know it by now, but as I mentioned, we'll host the Sunday Scaries podcast. There's now an offshoot that, uh, I am lucky enough to co-host called Retail Therapy which is, you know, it's it's a great, it's very complimentary to to this podcast, it you is. know. It if, is. If if it leads with lifestyle, this one leads with um with with kind of you know fashion and, and and pop culture and that type of thing. So, but the two really mesh well together, and um and and we did a whole segment on spray tans over on retail therapy. Mm-hmm. If if you want to know more, if you want to know why I'm I'm such a champion for them, but <laughs> you know, I just I don't like getting to vacation and mm-hmm. then needing like three or four days before I look like vacation me. Yes. I just want to show up and be like in vacation mode. And that requires a, li- a nice little bronze. I put in absolute work at the pool before I go on vacation. Yeah. Like yes. I have yeah. to get outside. I have to go get the base tan. It's not because I mean, I'll burn either way if I don't use any sunscreen, which Sally obviously makes me wear sunscreen every time, but I, <laughs> I, I have to have at least a base to feel good about myself. Prior to to you know to Sally and the Salgal lifestyle, were you just like lathering up with like SPF eight like baby oil style? I was like texting one of my boys before going on vacation, <laughs> being like, "Hey, can we be sunscreen buddies?" And like, you'll you'll hit me on the back. I used to be using like uh, banana boat like tanning oil that was like four SPF, thinking that I was yeah. doing anything to myself, and yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, what are the minimums like? You gotta you gotta be out there with thirty. Yeah, especially for long periods of time. If I've been told that anything less than thirty is pointless. It's just yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I'm I'm headed on vacation starting this weekend, and I, yeah, I just wanted, you know, I'll probably want to wear some like some beachy stuff, some lighter colors, and and I'm just I'm I've got so far this summer, um, it's really coming into like full picture. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're tail end of the pandemic, like everything is back open again. This is the first summer where it's really just like no holds barred. You know, the oh, gloves are off. All. It's a free for all. Everything is back on. And I just don't have any pool friends. I don't have any access to any pools. <laughs> I don't have any boat friends. I'm just like, I'm, I'm water thirsty, man. I'm, I'm body of water thirsty. So no one uses my apartment pool. Uh, I, I might be hitting you up. It's just me out there. I, I actually w- was there the other day and an older woman showed up and, and she, I, I left shortly after she showed up. And as I left, she, she stopped me and she said, I'm not running you out, am I? I was like, no, like, trust me. I'm not too worried about it. No one ever comes to this pool either way. You being here is actually kind of nice knowing that I'm not just alone out here. What's the, what's the lounge chair situation over there? We got some beach chairs. The only issue is that it gets very, very hot at this pool. Yeah, it gets yeah. very hot at this pool. So you have to pretty much wear sandals the entire time. And uh, you, get in the, you get in the water much more than you would normally. Yeah, that's okay, though. That's, mm-hmm. it, you know, that, that's one way to, like, really to extend your time. 
oh, yeah. while you're baking is, oh, yeah. is frequent trips to the water. Back, one of the first apartments that I ever lived, like post-college here in Austin, the pool chairs were all like black wrought iron. And so, you, you know, they were you, they had like a cushion or whatever, but you would just be constantly out there like, like all like with your shoulders and arms all scrunched in. So you didn't actually touch one of the, 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 uh, the, the arm rails and like give yourself a second degree burn. So. I regret to inform you that we have it's dark brown uh, metal uh, <laughs> yeah. arms on the chairs. So yeah. you do a little bit of that. I usually try to toss a towel over it to cool it down a little I, bit. I get it. They last longer. If, if, if you're in an apartment complex and you're putting plastic out there, you got to replace those things probably mm-hmm. like every mm-hmm. three years or something. And if you don't, then it just it looks like trash. I just like the apartment complex move of having the like the chairs that are in the, like somewhat in the water. Ooh, we had yeah. that at our old yeah. place, and I would just live in those things. Yeah, that's, that's Lux living right mm-hmm. there. Um, Will, thank you for being here. Uh, we're, uh, as I mentioned, we're here in the new Wash Media Studios. It's got a very, you know, new Austin business startup vibe. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that the vibe that you pitched was a lot more similar to the brand new store that Amelie Andor just opened in London. I'm trying to leave, I'm trying to rent a room out of there for when we <laughs> when we're over there. I would love to just go kind of hang out in that store and just crash on the couch for a little bit. Uh, Amelie Andor just opened their brand new lo- location in London. Uh, it kind of, kind of puts the the Soho New York location to shame a little bit. A little bit. Like they almost went too far above and beyond on this one. Yeah. Like the 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 Soho store is nice. It's a nice like building. It's well done. It's put together. It's clean. I mean, I haven't been in it since like legitimately right after it opened. So I don't know if it's kind of gotten worn down a little bit or just because of the the insane amount of foot traffic. Um, But it's weird. It's way smaller than I ever anticipated it being based on photos and everything. It's essentially kind of just like one room and then the cafe next to it. Whereas the London one looks like it's just a fully built out flat. Yeah, it's... That's a really good question. Uh, You and I have have been following the brand long enough to kind of have have been on the, you know, been on the path with them, been on the voyage Mm -hmm. and seen, we've visited and we've seen all of their retail locations uh, up until now. And you're actually going to be lucky enough to to see this one in person, I think, uh, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's so interesting to watch just the the growth that they've experienced Mm -hmm. because while you're watching this video, it's on Instagram. It's also on their site at AmelieAndor.com. I mean, they just poured money into this. Yes. Like, I mean, they it, did not have to consider any expense here. No. They want you. They were like, you want the rich mahogany walls? You got them. You yep. want the Carrera marble at the bar? You got it. <laughs> you want the, 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 the vintage Turkish and Persian rugs? How many you want? They, you know, it's they just got like, the Tyrell Winston overseas artwork on the walls now. They've got, I mean, they have everything. They have about a million what appears to be vintage uh, vinyl records that are just all stored away for their little DJ booth setup. Yes, they 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 uh, they purchased a, a very very fresh looking pair of 1985 Jordan One Chicagos. Do you that, think those I mean, are the same ones that they had in the uh, in the Mott Street location? No, because I think that those probably live somewhere at the uh, at the Mulberry Street probably. location. But the point being, this thing is incredible looking. It looks, to me, it's almost like a combination of like a Tom Ford store, which is super dark and moody, and then like a Ralph Lauren store, yeah, which is like very haberdashery and menswearish and like suits and ties and type of type of stuff. I remember back, we I was really young, and my parents took us to Los Angeles for spring break, 
And my dad took, took me to the Ralph Lauren store. And I like, I mean, going from Northern Michigan to a Ralph Lauren store in Los Angeles, like my mind was just absolutely blown by just the detail that they had there. It, I felt like I was in a, a hotel. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, so they had some kind of jungle theme going on. And it was like, it was the moment that I realized <laughs> that like, yeah, these, these, there's some heavy hitters in the game. Yeah. Uh, but that, I mean, compared to that Mott Street location, which was just like, you know, just bones, basically. Like I mean, it was four like racks a, of clothes four racks and some clothes shoes on a table. Like, you know, an old little like radiator in mm -hmm. the corner. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was, it was really, it was, it was small. It was subtle, but it was, it was, it was cool. You could feel the vibe from the beginning. Uh, and then the Mulberry Street location, which was awesome and was big enough for the brand for approximately six months. They've like you they have to have outgrown it. Like, I mean, you see the pictures of people waiting in line for yeah, lattes day. and stuff. It's like, what? It's insane. And it, it, and it kind of, you know, you kind of mentioned that this one looks bigger. That, that is my question because what I, what I loved and what I talked about on the podcast, and I even wrote about it a little bit on a Patreon editorial, what I loved about that Mulberry street location, uh, the first time, the first, or, or the two times that I was able to visit it, which was all pre pandemic and pre line, was that it was just such a it was such a cool hang. Mm -hmm. Like it was still very buzzy and very sceney and everybody that was in and around that store looked like a model and like was wearing awesome clothing and like, you know, smoking French cigarettes and drinking lattes, but mm -hmm. like you walked in, and you got to hang out and you got to see all the people and it was like it was just a really cool thing to do. Now it's now you go and you stand in line for an hour and a half and then like you get your coffee, but there's like a hundred people there. And it's like, I wonder how they, what, I wonder what they want to cultivate with this London location. And if it will be just from the jump, like an absolute madhouse with those same types of lines, or if they made this one bigger on purpose to try to accommodate a little bit of that, like hangout scene. I went to the, um, the Soho, or is it the Soho location? What's, the, what's their current New York location? It, it's in Soho. Okay. It's on Mulberry Street. Yeah, it's so I went to the Mulberry one. It's confusing because I'm pretty sure that the neighborhood in London where this is is also called Soho. Yeah, it probably is based yeah. on where, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, so the first time that I went to the uh, Mulberry Street one, it was a Wednesday morning. Uh, I went up. I, I knew I was going to buy like a t-shirt or something and it was empty. There's no one in there. I could. I walked in. I started shopping a little bit. Uh, I went over and grabbed a coffee and kept shopping a little bit. And there was no one else in there. Like there's nothing to worry about. And so when I see these photos of like just you know the the massive lines there, it, it it makes me very thankful that I went to it before. But now I can only think that the London one's going to be just as much of a scene. It looks like a Soho house in there. Like, uh, yeah, I mean yeah, that's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, I've now one place that I'm not lucky enough to have been to is the polo is like Polo Bar, mm -hmm. which I think there are New York and LA locations of. I don't know, but it the the uh, it I also get like some Polo Bar vibes this here has, too. This like has it, like the most Ralph Lauren feel of anything that they've ever done. It, yeah, it does. It does. Um, I I feel like they took like Ralph Lauren and then and then we're then we're just like more marble. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my favorite. I, I don't know if I'm. I, I want to know what details stand out to you. I think my favorite, I mentioned the rugs, but they also have like the long rug that goes up the stairs with the, with the, like the brass, with the brass. Yeah. With like pins that, that, that keep the rug like on the stairs. It's, That's it's a very nice touch. And like, I don't know, Brett's sitting over there. I know he, they're called like gallery lights on their like photos and stuff. Yep. Yep. 
I've always said that's a very good flex for people to have, but like you can't just have that in your studio apartment because then it's like, why does this person have like museum quality glass and everything in this random place? That's it's even that's tough to do at your home as well because that's like you're punching into the wall, man. You need like an electrician to come out and do the wiring and the lighting. So mm-hmm. it's de- it, it, that it's de- you're right. It's it's very very cool. I just love the f- I I just love the fact that like the wood walls just do it for me. I've always been in love with them. One of my uh, my best friend from home, he's his dad has a den and they have like the wood walls in that den. And I've always just been in love with that look. It just is something that I will never not enjoy sitting in. It's just like and. What I really do like, and I already mentioned it, is just the simple fact that they incorporated stuff from New York into the London store just to, you know, further the brand and, you know, prop up the people that are adjacent to the brand, like Terrell Winston and things like that. Like, I've always thought his work's really cool because it just takes these normal objects like a basketball and it just makes a space look so much more complete, so much a little, it gives it a little edge, whereas like a Ralph Lauren store doesn't really have that kind of edge in it. It just has what you'd expect out of it. And yeah. I mean, yeah, all, all the details, the Persian rugs, the everything. So is the Terrell Winston art, the basketball installation? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then I, he's been doing some, I, I've, been, I've been following him for a bit now and I just love what he does. Like he's been taking like Mickey Mantle signatures with pastels and kind of smearing it around just kind of like, I don't know if he's trying to show the, the absurdity of like the, the value of a signature, of a signature or something, sure, but it's just, yeah. I, I just like what he does. It's, it's, it's a nod to like times past while, while also making it a little more urban, a little more like street. It's just cool. Yeah, uh, it, it's, I mean, and just like the basketball, the New York of it all, it's also kind of interesting that they, you know, that's something that's clearly part of the DNA of the brand. Mm-hmm. And right now they're doing this very like British thing, the New Balance uh, oh, collection that just launched with the 991s made in the UK. It's all very soccer. They got, they uh, Saka is his name? Yep. The, 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 the footballer that they yep. got to, Arsenal. Uh, they should have used someone else if they wanted me to purchase any of that stuff. <laughs> like, like I already, I was already too rich for my blood. And then I saw that they used an Arsenal player, and I was like, man, had they used any Manchester United player, I would have bought something pretty much immediately. <laughs> like, I, and I hate saying that. And I, like, honestly, I like Saka for Arsenal, and it didn't affect me that much. But I, I will say, if they had used like. Any Manchester United player, there's a 100% chance that I would have bought something that he was wearing. Okay, so the, so so because specifically because of the athlete that, athlete that they chose, they didn't swing you into this like non club associated soccer shirt. Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like the colors would have been Man U colors. No, they it wouldn't just, have. Just, they would that, have. That's how that's how in deep you are. It's just sad. Like I, I when when I was sitting in the hospital while this was after Fritz was born, I was sitting in the hospital and I was watching like some behind the scenes videos of Manchester United players and the way that they were wearing their socks with their joggers and their 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 tennies and everything like that. Like I walked into the hospital room after going home and showering. And keep in mind, like my I have a new brand new baby and I'm worried about like how my <laughs> socks look folded over my joggers. And I was doing it solely because two of the players were doing it as they were getting interviewed. It's just pitiful. Uh, well, it's 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 interesting that like they they live with basketball full time. They're obviously like the soccer thing almost feels like an olive branch because of this London yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean it does. It does. So it's it's just interesting how it's how it's all kind of like how they obviously chose this type of capsule to coincide with the London store launch. And I just you know I wonder if because that that's going to be you know their they're, they're going to have that London satellite if they'll continue to kind of include soccer 
in, in the mix at all, or if they're just like riding this London wave, basically. Well, I just you, you might the have World heard me Cup, sigh. The World and, Cup wave, exactly as, as you called it. Yeah, is, you might have you might have heard me sigh and say fuck a few minutes ago. It was because I started thinking about if they would have taken a bunch of EPL like old EPL balls and instead of doing the basketballs, mm. doing those. And I realized like I just need to go figure out how to do this yeah. art installation and do it my own place because yeah. now I just want that. What I mean, we, we, you and I have talked a lot about like the the vintage soccer shirts uh, as part of like Ladcore and and Blowcore and Brovcore, all of the above. You know what's really expensive? Soccer balls. Yeah. Like every time there's like a new like you know EPL or World Cup ball from whoever Nike or whatever else, it's like 120 bucks. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Can you buy like? Do you think vintage? Balls? Can you find those for 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 less? You think? You know, I, I, I my wheels have been turning since I had the idea, and now all I can think about is like I need to go out and find like an old '98 France ball. I don't care if it's dirty. I don't care if it's like beaten to hell. Yeah. But I used to love just I when when the new balls would drop. I would okay. That's that's a weird <laughs> way to say it. When they would drop, we would I would be so excited to like go see one, and I'd always try to get my parents to buy. It. They always had like the two hundred dollar or hundred twenty dollar yeah, version yeah, one. Yeah. And then they would have the scaled back forty dollar version one. Right. And yes. I'd always beg my parents to get me the forty dollar version one. Yeah. And they they normally didn't make good on that. But I I think the the, the hundred forty two hundred dollar ones like I. I feel back in the '90s, like '98. I feel like it's because they were using real leather, like pigskin or whatever. You could tell the difference. You we know? we had a bunch of Champions League f- balls that we used when we were playing in high school soccer, and mm-hmm. some teams wouldn't let us use them because they weren't like standard issue for high school soccer. Okay, but the team, like when we could use them, there is a noticeable difference between those things. It feels it feels so much nicer to play with one of those nicer balls as opposed to like just the you know the thirty dollar ones that all the high schools supply you with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very envious that you're going to get a chance to, uh, to, to see this. You will have to, you're going to have to carve out a little spot in the suitcase, you know, just a little like, you know, I'm going to be throwing away old clothing to fit more clothing in. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I can go Uh, see it. I'm a little worried about our schedule based on when we get in and the obligations that we have. Yeah. Cause like they're, if I've learned anything about them, like they open late and they don't, I don't think they care when they, they close. And and, and like we said, if the, if they're, if they're manufacturing the line here, that could be an issue too. Yes, exactly. You're like, just going to have to walk up to somebody in the front and be like, I have 20 minutes, please. Well, when I went to the Mott Street location, they were smoking a joint outside and they didn't want to open the store until the <laughs> joint was gone. And I was like, all right, I'll just chill here. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's they've come a long way. Um, they've got some really good looking. I think it's going to be like exclusive to the London Cafe and it's in a beautiful green color. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll it'll match the truck out there. I'll end up, it, I'll end up buying it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, it's, I, might it's ha- I might have to preemptively shoot you a Venmo to really put the pressure on, you know, I need this. I need one of these t-shirts. Well, I might just go off in the name of Barrett and then just send you a, a Venmo request for what I bought for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, the new store, your trip, both big vibes. I, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was feeling a little defeated because I didn't love the soccer stuff that they released, but like seeing the store, they just got me right back on board. I was like, okay, yeah, this, they're, they're, so- they're going to the, draw you back in. The, the soccer stuff was a, a, was a miss for me just because it, it felt like they went with like the UK pricing of things. It was just, re- it felt really crazy. And I know that, I know that everybody complains about the ALD prices, every drop. These just seem I feel egregious. like I'm usually like, you know, on the, in the middle on it. Like it doesn't, it typically doesn't feel like a gouge. The, the, the New Balance soccer stuff all felt kind of crazy to me. Yeah, especially given the fact that, like, New Balance, like, I mean, they, they're in the soccer game a little but bit. Not, but, like, but no one's really. wearing New Balance, like, right. cleats or anything. Yeah. And they they they're they were a Newcastle sponsor forever. So, like, I don't want to support that. Or, sorry, Liverpool sponsor forever. So, I don't, I don't want to support that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Back to that vibe talk, though. The store's a vibe. Mm-hmm. The collections that they're putting out, those are vibes. Mm-hmm. 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 Your trip to London, that's a vibe. <laughs> you know what else is a vibe? Tell me. Vizzy hard seltzer. Oh, yeah, baby. No matter where the summer takes you, one thing's for sure. It's going to be a vibe, man. And when you're ready to make the good vibes even better, an ice-cold Vizzy hard seltzer will be waiting Fizzy Hard Seltzer passes the vibe check with its bold and delicious fruit flavors. I was at a, you know, co-worker Dave Ruff's house this past weekend. We were barbecuing. You just busted out Vizzy's, man. You have to. He's a lemonade guy. I like the blackberry lemon. Ooh. I just think it's a really, like, interesting mix of flavors mm-hmm. that you can't get anywhere else. But that's the thing about all the Vizzy flavors, you know? They're, they're, they're all these dual mixes that are just, like, very unique, very, very tasty. It's just a ton of variety that you don't get anywhere else. They've got a mimosa hard seltzer. They've got all sorts of lemonade hard seltzers. Each variety pack offers four delicious flavors. And I just, that you really can't go wrong. Even the raspberry tangerine. Fuck that. Think of two I'm amazing, sold. think of two amazing fruits. They probably have a flavor that combines those two. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if they don't, they've got something super, super close. Vizzy hard seltzer. The seltzer that passes the vibe check. If you're as excited to try all of these different flavors as I am, here is how to get yours. Go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And for updates on the latest flavor drops and more, sign yourself up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21 or older. All right, Will. Uh, let's check in here on the rundown. We're okay. We're a little late on this, but we, we considered this, this, uh, this subject for, uh, for a retail therapy episode. It got bumped. I figured we'd cover it on club cool. And I feel like it's still relevant just because it's, it, you know, it's a good thought starter for, for some other questions that I want to throw at you. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker got married a couple weekends ago yes. and it was like the third wedding or the second ceremony or something like that. But it was the big lavish one. It took place in Italy and uh, the photos were all over the all over Instagram, all over the internet. And Courtney and Travis were wearing just like I don't even know what to call it. It was like <laughs> slutty goth. Yeah, it was very goth. I um, mean, that's on brand for Travis. Barker. It is, and he's and he's got the the. It, there were like praying Mother of Mary hands everywhere, mm-hmm. and it took me like a few days before I realized that that's what the tattoo on his head on yeah, his bald. Yeah, I think is. he has like numerous tattoos of that too. And so the, the all of the Courtney stuff that she was wearing was that was like an homage to like his tattoos and stuff. Yeah, but they went for this very like goth Catholic thing, and then I figured out. That one of the reasons why everybody looked like they were going to this, you know, slutty goth theme party is because this entire thing was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a bad sponsor for a wedding. No. No. Um, but it, it was all crazy. It was all over the top. It was all, you know, I, it, I guess my question, my first question just like about the wedding is like, I guess if you're a celebrity, you don't, have, you don't ever have to think about things like, I wonder if these pictures will age well. Yeah, no, you especially if you're a Kardashian who's <laughs> pumping out like numerous pictures a day on your Instagram every day. Yeah, so like, it's, they they lose their value, their their intrinsic value. They're not taking the professional photos from the wedding and reusing them for major life events after. Like they're not using them for the birthday shout out for Travis later in life. Like they might, but they're not re- they're not leaning on them like someone like you and I who right. you know we that's those are the only professional photos we have of ourselves. I, I you know part of that though part of the, of the you know the the way that they went almost costumed and. and themed for this wedding they're both like either right at 40 or or just over 40 mm-hmm. i want to say 
And I do, I feel like getting married in your forties gives you a little leeway to kind of like throw out the entire playbook, you know? Yeah. Like the, like he's 46, she's 43. Okay. Yeah. So that, so this is, you know, they're getting close to like middle age. This is not about young weddings. It's about your family. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in your late twenties and into your thirties, then it's more about like your friends and Mm -hmm. your close confidants and like, and, and then it's a little bit about your family too. But like, you know, you're not getting like. 57 family friends and like your entire extended extended family at those weddings then in your 40s this is just about you yeah you can do whatever the hell you want yeah you're just throwing a party you're just throwing a party at this point so here's my question if if you were let's say you're doing a vow renewal at 40 i I don't want to put bad juju on you uh, i I got a little nervous seeing these questions i was like sally might kill me when i talk (laughs) about my second wedding yeah so uh, you know does a vow renewal work for you yeah that works i mean we can talk second wedding too i don't really care If you're going to theme it, what theme are you going with? Okay. The theme that I'm going to say is something that we, I actually wanted to do in the first place. And it's something that my uncle actually did when he got remarried. And the, he just got married in a castle in Scotland. They went full Scotland, Scottish. He was Scottish himself, so it made sense. But he just went full Scotland and... I think I would just want to do that. I just go to a dope castle where people can stay in little cottages or do whatever. Yeah. We've got English country clothing going through the roof. I'm going to encourage all my boys like, hey, if there's one time you can wear a kilt, it's right now. Let's get yeah. wild with these kilts. Let's put a knife in your boot. I don't care. Let's get crazy. Yeah. And so I think I'm just going to go full Scottish countryside and uh, just make everyone kind of be freezing cold. But at the same time, uh, just do something that is like so... I don't want to say like authentically Scottish because I'm not Scott. I'm not like actually Scottish, but I just think it'd be fun (laughs) to go do that and just have this like kind of like almost like haunted kind of feeling, you know, moody, moody vibe going on. Yeah. What what if Sally was like, let's do a Manchester United theme? Would you be in on that? No, I don't think I could do that. (laughs) Just because as much as I do like them, like I hesitate to to dedicate any part of my life besides every single weekend morning to them. At this point, but I don't think I could actually do it. If she wanted to do like a Detroit Lions one, I'd be like, okay, that could be fun. <laughs> what would it I'm de- from Michigan. Yeah. What would a Detroit what Lions theme be? Miller Lights at a strip club or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's hard to think of, of of stuff that like works as a as a wedding. It was like a full on themed wedding. Yeah. It's you know, tough. like you 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 start like running through the, the the things in your head, and it's like it's either been done to death. Like I wanted to, I want, I was thinking maybe like white party, mm-hmm. but then it's just like, oh, you're doing the Diddy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Diddy's you know? kind of like commandeered everybody white Everybody wears white. He, he really did. He just, he planted his flag on that and it's like, you can't take it away from him. Yeah. He ruined it for everybody else. Um, I, w- one of the things that I've been thinking about for just like a theme party in general that I was, I was figuring out if I could work in, but I don't think it works for a wedding is like a, it's like a late nineties, early two thousands party. That'd be fun. I feel like we're about to get into, to, to that territory mm-hmm. where those you know, like up until now, it's kind of like it's not be, not quite been long enough. The, the the things don't stand out enough. We're getting close, but now I, th- I now I really think that I I, I think that we're there. Um, yeah. So so what I, what I eventually like just came down to is like you got to go full uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Just uh, let's yeah. g- that's Pi- so pirate, much more aggressive than mine. Pirate wedding. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm good with that. And you can this, also justify wearing like a kilt style thing for that too. You could I mean, absolutely if you want to, and this this opens the door to a lot of like more of the piratey brands. You could get John Varvados to sponsor, <laughs> to, to sponsor this thing. <laughs> I mean, now I'm trying to think of what my pirate fit would be. Like, 
I, so I personally, I'm going like leather pants, no shirt. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're <laughs> if you're the reason we're there, like, yeah, you don't have to wear a shirt. You can go full mesh shirt. Um. So yeah, this honestly, the Dolce and Gabbana, Dolce and Gabbana goth wedding was not far off from a pirate wedding based on ki- based on some of the things I saw being worn. I was kind of at the wedding if you think about it, because MGK did tweet out the meme of him at the wedding. That's right. And so I can't stop thinking about the situation in my mind where he's showing everyone at the wedding, like, "Do you see this meme?" And like Kim's <laughs> like, "Dude, what? Yeah, cool. Stop showing me this meme. What? Get what, this out of here. You? Why? Why did he?" It felt like kind of a cheap move on his part to screenshot and then share instead of like, that's just I don't, a, is that just a celebrity thing? That's There's, just a dude who doesn't know how to like actually did. do stuff yeah. on social media. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he does, but like, that's just like, that's an old person move. It really, it, yes. Seeing a meme, screenshotting it and then tweet and then tweeting it with no context. Yeah. No, I just, I can't, I can't stop thinking about just him showing like Kardashian and then being like, Ugh. Machine Gun Kelly, stop showing me your phone. I don't care. I'm trying to get my sister married. Well, if I if I'm able to push off uh, my wedding for another five years, it's mm-hmm. un- or four and a half years. That's unlikely. But um, <laughs> if I am, I will have reached forty, and then pirate wedding is is full steam ahead. I might just try to delay things. I might just throw some <laughs> wrenches in the plans just to just to make sure that we get this pirate wedding off the ground. Where is your pi- where's your pirate wedding going to be? Um, so I think it. It's got to be at this at this one place in the um, shit. Is it in the Bahamas or the British Virgin Islands? There's this. I I, I, I can't remember. I, I'll do the research and and when I post about this uh, this episode on on Instagram, I'll make sure that I, I I figure out what this bar is called. It's off of. It's in a bay. It's all, just off the shore of one of these little islands, and it is a it's a gi- giant pirate ship bar. That, okay. float, that floats out in the bay. I was hoping you were going to say Yost Van Dyke, and it was Foxy's. So okay, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Any of these, any of those, like little like Tortuga style islands, yeah. where you know, like that'd the be fun. Themed cocktail, like specialty cocktail of the wedding, is like some type of rum drink. That sounds great. It's called Why Is All the Rum Gone? Dude, I'm I'm in. Like, I mean. I, I, I would love to go to just a remote <laughs> tropical island for someone's wedding where everyone's just hanging out the entire time. I don't think you can even like get like cell phone service at those. Oh, you probably can now. Maybe not yeah. in 2004 when my parents brought me there on spring break. Even in the even in like the gift bags, you could do like like a couple of just like easy throw on pirate things so that people could you know have a little bit of. Do you put some eyeliner in there for like the little, all the people yes, that want to go yeah, like full yeah. like Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, I would absolutely. do it. This Dude. is I'm talking myself into this as as we, as. as <laughs> Just do it as we elaborate. Just do it. it. Do it sooner and later. (laughs) All right, all right. Time to time to go home and and uh, and and start pitching this. Start greasing the wheels a little bit. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We got a couple more things, but going to hear from another of today's sponsors. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Ritual. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. Here's what you will not find in Ritual. Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants, plus the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins super, super easy. I've been taking Ritual for a few months now, um, and it just... It's really a peace of mind thing for me, you know. We're, we're living that scary's lifestyle where we're we're sometimes not treating ourselves the best over the course of the weekends, and so it's nice to just like know that I'm like constantly putting good things 
you know, in my body. It just makes me, it makes me feel good. I know that everything, uh, you know, in these pills is, is, is quality and like, doesn't have any of those shady ingredients that you might find elsewhere. So I just, you know, I, it, it, I, I take them, I feel good when I'm tired on a day. It just, I know that I have, I know that I have the multivitamin going for me. Just gives me that little bit of, bit of extra juice that I need to, to finish out work or make it to the gym or cook dinner or anything like that. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms that your body can actually use. And Ritual's vitamins do just that. They help fill the gaps in your diet with none of those shady extras. Plus the delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. Here's the other thing I love about Ritual. They're designed with, you know, with your life stage in mind. So they now are available for women specifically, for men specifically, and even for teens specifically. So Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support those different life stages. Just makes these, these easy, healthy habits very, very easy. They're delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. And hey, if you don't love Ritual within the first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering Club Cool listeners 10% off during your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash club cool to start your ritual today. All right, well, um, let's see. You ever heard of this Tom Sachs guy? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. I've heard of him. Maybe you know about the Mars Yard shoe? Yeah, yeah. The, it's an aggressive shoe. It's one that always catches my eye whenever they suggest it to me on StockX for like $3,000. Yeah, I think the price has gone up. I think that there's like some sizes of the Tom Sachs, of the original Tom Sachs Mars Yard, they go for like 10000 That's now. absurd. I mean, it's just like, what? It, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, I appreciate it as one of the greatest sneakers, at least of this century, because it is so simple, because it was designed with function in mind. Uh, and because it's just like, it's, it really is, as far as hype sneakers go, it's one of the most wearable and versatile, versatile shoes ever. You know what I was shocked to, to read today, hmm. uh, because of this topic that we're about to get to, which is the new Tom Sachs shoe. Mars Yard came out 10 years ago. That's, uh... 2012 is when that shoe came out. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, I just feel old. I've, it makes me realize how long I've been like fawning over sneakers yes. now too, and that's depressing. Yeah, like I'm on, I'm probably on year ten of fawning over sneakers for no reason. I think that's yeah. I think that's about right. Um, now they, there was like a Mars Yard 2.0 at some point, which may have had a, which may have actually been like the slightly wider release a year or two after that because 2012 just sounds really really early it to does me. and I, I i didn't fully investigate the timeline but it's still kind of mind-blowing that that whatever released in 2012 that original marjard was 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 that long ago uh since then he's done some other weird things there's been like a there's been like a wear tested shoe that had like a duct tape looking thing over it there was the there was the overshoe which was like a full-on space boot yeah that thing. one is that I, I have nothing to say on that one. You actually. know, uh, and and it's all been under this uh, this Nike Craft label, where they're like, you know, he's got his team of scientists, and they're doing a bunch of like crazy cool science person research, and they're they're pushing forward these shoes that actually have like full function and meaning and and use cases behind them, and and kind of an antithesis to the like we're just doing a collaboration, we're picking cool colors, and we are building the hype that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he is finally kind of come up and, and and is releasing a follow-up to the original Mars Yard shoe uh, under the Nike Craft label. This is called the General Purpose Shoe, or the GPS. 
um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek acronym for it there. It releases next week, and uh, it was announced with a full-page ad in the New York Times just earlier this week. And how how does this ad make you feel, Barrett? Well, I got a lot of questions going here. Um, One, I was really surprised to see the old 80s-style like sans serif branding being mm-hmm. used. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the originator of that is. Maybe it was Nike. So maybe this is an homage to like the vintage ads that that Nike would have been releasing in the 80s yeah. or whenever. But how many times have we seen brands using this exact same typeface, this exact same, exact same uh, setup where it's like the big bold letters and then the tiny text in like, you know, in the, in this, in, in the, Typewritery font underneath. I mean, it's with just the it's one, pic- one picture of the you know one shoe sitting there, like in you know in portrait. It's almost like expected mode. in a way, it, or no, like not expected, but it's like it's like they fell back on this and were just like, yeah, let's just do this way. But like, if this is from like a legitimate artist, it seems like there would be like a, a much more creative way in order like to market this shoe other than just a full page ad with the same format that we've seen before. Yeah, that that that, that was my first takeaway is that this I, and I tried to pull up like a tw- like a Twitter thread or an article because this has been written about how much this exact like uh, visual style is being used in advertising right now because mm-hmm. it's apparently very effective for guess who millennials, um, and so it just it. Yeah, that I was a little surprised that Tom Sachs would go with something that didn't feel novel and unique and like very specific to what they're doing. Um, now, you know, the, here's I'm just going to read you the, the the blurb here that the uh, that the full page advertisement. This is how it reads: Your sneakers shouldn't be the most exciting thing about you. They are tools, and what matters about your tools is that they work. They do their job so you can do yours. You put them on and forget about them. You focus on getting a little bit faster, a little bit sharper, on finding the signal in the noise. It took us 10 years to make a sneaker this simple, as simple as can be and no simpler. A do more sneaker, an own less sneaker, a show up, prove it, whole life, be you sneaker. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. The Nike Craft General Purpose Shoe, $109.99, available June 10th at nikecraft.com. So like maybe the maybe they just felt that this that the messaging meshed with this style of marketing too perfectly to not do it. The just kind of a minimalist like whatever. I guess that makes sense. Very basic, very matter of fact, and 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 the whole thing is saying like this is old school, like this is a boring shoe. And the other piece of this that is already rubbing me the wrong way is that it's called the general purpose shoe. It's supposed to be so simple. It's supposed to be, you know, own less, do more. It's supposed to be very democratic. And we already know the sneaker is going to be impossible to get and will resell for thousands of dollars. Yeah, no one's no one's using the shoe for general purposes. Everyone's going to be wearing this shoe to be fashionable and be it. And flex on the gram? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's this is, I mean from a look from looking at it, yeah, it's a pretty simple dress down shoe. Yep. But like I mean, how much do you think they're actually going to resell? Like how much are they reselling for now? So, current listings, which are obviously like early pairs, maybe even like who knows how people have them already, but mm-hmm. there are listings on eBay for close to $2,000. I feel like that's only going to go up. And I think it's going to go up too. That, that's usually the way it works for a shoe like this is people talk themselves into the fact that it might be widely available, that they'll, they'll wait for the release, that they'll wait for people to get their pairs. And then it just keeps going up and up and up as people continue to miss out on it and say, I got to get it now. Yeah. And that just starts to, to push it up and up and up. Yeah. 
And I feel like I, I mean, I haven't I haven't been as deep in the sneaker game in the last couple years as I was before. I realized the absurdity of me buying sneakers for you know, I don't need to be buying sneakers that are over one hundred fifty dollars unless yep. they're like something very specialized and something I actually need. But like, I, it just doesn't make sense to do that. And I remember like when Kanye first was doing Yeezys and everything, he said like the end goal is for everyone to have a pair. Yep. Everyone to have a pair. And I feel like. People, I, when he said that, I was like, you know what? I kind of believe that he will do this for, for some reason because he wants to be the most well-known person on earth. And I always kind of knew, like, you know, if you miss out on these ones, there, there'll be another edition that comes out relatively soon. And sure enough, that's how it worked. And so the resale prices for a lot of those never got that absurd. But, like, for these, these are going to go through the roof no matter what. Do you like this shoe, Barrett? So it's a good question. I, I do. Now, it's hard for me to know genuinely whether I like this shoe a lot mm-hmm. or if I am just already kind of kind of captive audience Stockholm syndrome like uh, hype hype buying whatever you want to call it like I know that this shoe is from Tom Sachs I know it's the sequel to the like the the true sequel to the Mars Yard and that that piece of it definitely makes me like it um but just to point out some things that I like like if this was just a Nike general release if there were 200,000 pairs of this shoe, if it just dropped on Nike, I, I would be interested in this shoe for sure. Because I said it on a podcast just last month, I think that like what the, my go-to sneaker, like when I don't, when I'm not sure what to wear, when I just need something, when I'm in a hurry is a Nike tailwind 79. Mm-hmm. It's like an all gray retro runner that doesn't look too modern, doesn't look too vintage and just kind of goes with everything. That's the vibe that I get here a little bit too. It's like very basic. I really like the chunky, soul that like gives you kind of like old school trail running vibes um it's basically it and many many people have already made this comparison so i'm, I'm not the first to say this but it looks a lot like a nike kill shot mm-hmm. but just juiced up with a thicker sole it's uh, wider than a kill shot and, which i like because the, the kill shots on me i have kind of uh, i whenever i try some on and because I, I, I like the kill shots i like yeah. how they look i think a pair i would wear them all the time if i actually liked how they looked on me every time i look down they make my feet look narrow and very long and so i've never been able to fully actually commit to them and buy some yeah yeah um and and so this this is like a retro a, a retro looking shoe that kind of falls into the to the mode of sneakers being a little little bigger a little wider a little chunkier right now so i think it would go with a lot i think it would be a very cool shoe to own um but uh but yeah so i I, you know i I think my one hope is that nike kind of does the thing that they do sometimes with like travis scott or off-white where they take some of the dna from the collaboration pieces Mm -hmm. and say that worked really well over here now let's inject a little bit of it into like some gr mainstream stuff that we're doing oh they're gonna have to because i I, the first time i saw this shoe was on tumblr i think i'm the only person still using tumblr these days like and if, if you're not familiar with using Tumblr, it's essentially just people posting photos with no context. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what it is. It's, it's one, you know, there's all these Instagram mood boards out there. Tumblr is the ultimate just mood board for people. It's just they find photos they like. doesn't matter if they're copyrighted or not, but I'm putting it on my Tumblr. I need to, I need to figure out Tumblr. I, just, I love it. I, you, you seem to, to still like be able to just like find gold in there and like really get a lot of use out of it. And I just, I just follow accounts that have cool looking pages and suddenly it's just a stream of constant photos are like you, are yeah. you looking on an app or is this desktop you both own, okay. i do both i usually scroll the app when i'm really bored and i'm just trying to zone out mm-hmm. or sometimes i just like 
this sounds lame, but like when I'm doing creative work, sometimes it's nice to take a break from doing something and scroll something and turn my brain off a little bit. Going on Instagram, I can't do that because Instagram, there's a reason that people are posting on Instagram. On Tumblr, there's really no, or at least the people that I follow on Tumblr, there's no reason. And so I will just see street style photos, you know, architecture stuff, everything like that. And when I first saw these, I didn't know that they were some limited edition thing. And I okay. thought, those are cool looking shoes. Well, what are those? And then I, I finally figured out what it was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get the. I don't think I'm going to be able to get these. Because <laughs> I, the, I, I saw them and I was like, oh, maybe there's just this random shoe that's on there. But I should have known. If it's on Tumblr, like it's now replacing the ALD New Balance, uh, like all of those on Tumblr. Uh-huh. That's, what's, that's what's on there now. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. How do these, do they just send advanced pairs to to people like i don't understand how random tumblr people have like these shoes already that's a good question i the the a guy that comes to mind who's like a he's like a sneak he basically is a sneaker account on instagram now it's arab lincoln mm-hmm. he's i'm sure he's popped up on your explore feed yeah he, he he came he he figured out this very specific style of shooting photography where it was like the or at least popularized it or became one of the biggest accounts that was doing it where it was like a white background, maybe with like some wrinkles on a sheet or something, and then a shoe, and you could see the sock, and you could see the pant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, his account started blowing up. He was really good at this style of photography. And then I think it basically came out, or, or he was revealed, or he, he wasn't, maybe he wasn't being secretive about it, but he, like, he, he was a corporate guy at Kith. He's like on the styling team at Kith or something. I, but Makes so, sense. So that's... Point being, I think that's the type of person who starts these accounts yeah. and is good at putting out this type of photography and also has access. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I'm, yeah, you can't, you can't just be a random off the street and be like, I'm going to start a dope Tumblr account where I preview all the hype shoes three weeks before they drop. Like, that requires... That requires a, like a you know a door being open for you that is not open to a, oh, almost for anybody. sure. I mean, so, I got a DM one time from a notable person saying, hey, I enjoy the Scaries feed. Can I send you a pair of these shoes before they come out? And like, it was the coolest. I'm not kidding when I say this. There you it go. was the coolest I've ever felt. Like, <laughs> I could not have felt cooler in that moment. And I, almost, I pretty much dropped everything I was doing and was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm getting a free pair of shoes, and I just got DM'd by, like, a huge account. This is you so cool. You got seated. You got seated. I was so happy. And, and I, this was a, a notable brand that I don't know if you're purposely not saying, but, but the listeners would I'm just hesitant to say okay. it. You don't have I don't to say wanna, it. Let me just say, I'll just say this. It wasn't Amelie on door, but it was close. Yeah. And it was, it came in a way that was very <laughs> shocking because it was like, you enjoy these, like you enjoy these dumb memes. Yeah. It was because I memed him and then he must've seen it and then followed the account. But I was, I, I was just astonished. And even like when I got them in the mail, it was like, I felt like when I opened the box, like light shot out. I was like, Oh my God, I got these free sneakers. Like the, this is so nice. But now I'm like shit. I want I want them from everybody. Now. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, you should have done a like a you know. Yeah, I'm, gonna start, un- I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I need to meme and, more designers. That's yeah. what I've desi- that's what I've decided. I just need to start going through their pages and being like, all right, this is memeable. I'm yeah. The, the other guy that comes to mind, and I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the Kanye thing because I exactly what you were talking about came to mind. But but just a quick aside. One of the guys that was early on the Yeezy stuff always and kind of became an Instagram account to follow was IBN Jasper. Mm-hmm. And he was Kanye's hairstylist. He's like the, the traveling hair guy for Kanye. Mm-hmm. So that's another way. Like you're just like boys with Tom Sachs. You're in the design department or you're 
his lawyer or I don't know what, but like Dude, there's, I have followed, you gotta have connections and doors open. I have followed Tumblr accounts that I had no clue were connected with anybody. And then I start, and then I've realized like, oh, this guy must be on some part of the design team at ALD. Oh, this person is part of this endeavor. Like, yeah. it's just like you, you see these accounts and yeah, that's why these people are successful in what they do. They obviously, you know, are able to make a product and market that product and put it online and do it in a way that is engaging. And that's why they, that's why they have the access. That's why they have the connections. That's why they have the career that they have. Yeah. But I mean, I, without, without having that access, I don't think either of us are getting these Tom snacks or Tom snacks. I'm just going to call Tom Tom snacks. Snacks. I like it. I like it. But the, yeah, you exactly what you said about Kanye when he was early on, when he was like, I want, you know, yes, these are hype now, but I want these to be, available to everybody mm-hmm. at, you know, at some point, even if that's not doable or feasible. Now I want everybody to own a pair. I want everybody to get a pair. I want to be, you know, I want to be gap. I want to be Walmart. I want to be all of the above. I would, I would love it for, for, for the way that the marketing is written for the, for the way that this is supposed to be like the do everything, general purpose shoe, most basic, simple thing. I would love, I would love to see one time a, a brand or a collaborator or somebody be like, we know that this is going to be the most hyped up shit of the year. And we're gonna, and we are gonna make an overwhelming amount of them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just cash in the chips. Let's just see how many we can sell. They let's know they can do that with this sneaker. They could absolutely. Let's see how many we can we can put on people. And it's just, it's just do it one time. Do it as a test. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Does it does it kill all cachet of an item? to have that many out there. It would, it seems like it would be worth it just one time. Like, and especially if you have a, 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 I don't know, does having like, if it's, let's say they did it with the Travis Scott sneakers. Sure. If there's a wide release of Travis Scott sneakers, because he's not actually like a designer, he's, he's a rapper. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a producer, rapper, everything, but he's not like an artist in the sense of creating a physical product that Mm -hmm. you give to somebody. Yeah. Would it, I feel like doing a wide release of something from him would be different than doing it from Tom Sachs or something. Right. I don't really know why I think it would be different. I just think that it would end up, it would end up being something that like, I think the, would the fear just be that people decided they hated it because it wasn't limited edition and then everyone would turn on it and then you're stuck with like hundreds of thousands of pairs of these sneakers. I think so. Cause I feel like, I mean like a bad PR thing, Travis Scott, like, (laughs) like a bad PR thing could happen. And suddenly you're just stuck with millions of dollars in inventory of a bunch of sneakers that people have like made fun of. Yeah. And there was some, there was some stuff or there there was a recent Travis Scott sneaker that was pretty hot garbage. Mm -hmm. And like, I I just, I think that it, you know, that's an example of where they, they need that they need a super limited amount of stock so that it still maintains some level, level of intrigue and resale and, 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 uh, the model works and that, that model yep. straight up works. Like I, I, people get really frustrated with it. It's really annoying, but like uh, for a retailer to be able to sell out and something like that and create that hype, it's so beneficial to that retailer to do that, that I don't blame them for doing it. It's annoying as a consumer to not be able to get products that you like when you're legitimately willing to just shovel over money to them, yep. whether it's $110 for a Nike sneaker or it's $800 for, you know, a nice cashmere sweater that sold out, like whatever it could be. Like it's just frustrating from the consumer standpoint, but from a brand standpoint, it just makes too much sense to not do it that way. Yes. Yep. I think that's a good place to wrap up that conversation. We're going to hear from one more of today's sponsor. And then we've got one final thing to wrap this up. Hey, let's talk about fast growing trees. Will love fast growing trees here on club. Cool spring and summer are the seasons for finally getting outdoors for entertaining pool parties, barbecues, We've already talked about vacations and pool time and all that great stuff. 
But if your yard looks like a plant cemetery, you're not going to enjoy any of that nearly as much. You need to get your place looking like a resort, and it's very easy with fast-growing trees. When it comes to caring for your plants, know-how matters. That's why FastGrowingTrees.com's experts curate thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate and your location with your needs. It's going to be like 100 degrees every single day next week, and it's only the beginning of June. That's important when you're shopping for plants because you gotta you got to have stuff that holds up to the Texas heat for us here. Uh, and, you know, if you're in the north where it, where it stays cool through the summer, you're going to have access or, or need different plants as well. Fast-growing trees helps you out with all of that. It's one of the things I love most about them. There's also no waiting in lines. You don't have to get your car all messy. Plants inevitably fall over oh, when you're taking them home. Transporting a plant in your car is the worst. You're going to get soil all over the back. None of that with fast-growing trees. They are shipped to your door, all these plants, within one to two days. Plus, their growing and care advice is available 24-7. So whether you're looking for increased privacy, shade, or just adding some natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees has the perfect plants and the expertise to help you find them. I love fastgrowingtrees.com. We have two beautiful, the entrance to our place, beautiful muley grasses. They're from Fast Growing Trees. I'm about to buy some more as soon as we get back from this vacation. Uh, I'm looking forward to picking some stuff to spruce up the backyard. Don't know what yet, but um, but I've you know I've got a few ideas, and I'll, I'll definitely be sharing when we do that. One more thing, 30-day, alive and thrive guarantee. So you can trust that everything will be healthy for years to come. You get that plant, you have 30 days, alive and thrive guarantee. Here's how you can share in this experience with us. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool right now, and you'll get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool. One more time, that's fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool. All right, well, I wanted to throw in a listener question. This got tossed, uh, tossed up on the Discord just this week, and I, I thought it was a, a really fun question, and I wanted to answer it on today's podcast. Uh, the question was, if you were to start your own brand, what would your first product be and why? Um, I'll start. This is obviously something that I have thought a lot about, and, and I've thought about it in, in, in ways as simple as just like doing merch for the podcast, mm-hmm. and also uh, you know as, as elaborate and extensive as starting my, my own brand or, or fashion line. And my answer is super boring. It's still a t-shirt. It's, that's not a boring answer. That's a good place to start. I mean, that's an objectively good place to start. I, and I, I was just thinking about, it's probably like the most common item out there, right? Like everybody has a t-shirt, whether you are an up and coming streetwear brand and you're just doing like graphics and screen prints or whether you are, you know, Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, Tom mm-hmm. Ford. Like, mm-hmm. you have a t-shirt. Yeah. Everybody has a t-shirt. And there are so, so many of them. So how is it that people are still launching and starting out with t-shirts? <laughs> well, and, and everyone has their favorite t-shirt, too. Like, yeah. I mean, I've talked to people. I have my favorite t-shirts that I wear. And when I find them, I buy five of them. And I wear them almost every single day. And I wear them until they're gross. And part of the reason I don't mind spending a little bit more on t-shirts is because, especially living in Texas... It's because I know that I'm going to be wearing them a lot, and I'm I know that I need to I want good ones to wear every single time that I have one. I don't think there's any shame in starting off with a t-shirt. So tell me this: with your favorite t-shirts, mm-hmm. is there anything about them that you'd change? Um, like I mean, I I would personalize it to me. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, y- yes. you, you've got your favorite t-shirts. Yes. You love them. They, they're great. Mm-hmm. But you put them on, and are you ever like, yeah, but I kind of wish that the sleeve was like a half inch longer. What drives me the most insane about t-shirts is when they're too long. Yep. I, I hate it when they're bunchy and too long and everything. And like, so t- t-shirts I've been wearing lately are like, I've been wearing some uh, from Everlane lately mm-hmm. that are much more cropped and boxy. And it's much more comfortable for me. I don't think they're very, I think they're, they're really high quality t-shirts. I don't think in terms of all my t-shirts, they're the most flattering for me, but I wear them all the time now because they're comfortable. They are thick and the, 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 the cut of them feels good for me to operate in. And that's why I like them so much. And that's why I've been wearing them more and more lately. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there's, I think that. You know, even where you were like, you love that you love that Everlane T-shirt. It feels it feels great. You like the the fit, but it could be more flattering. Yeah. So like your 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 motivation, your impetus could be to make that T-shirt, but in a fa- in a fabric that like drapes better. Mm-hmm. Like that's and that's there's always something with a T-shirt. I feel like it's it's the item that most accentuates. You know, I feel like male bodies are generally easier to put clothes on than than female ones. Like I, I feel for 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 all the ladies out there, because it's just like, you, oh, you, you, got, I mean, you got curves, you got shapes, you got all sorts of other stuff to deal with that, that, that we don't basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but the t-shirt, it's just very, it's like, it's the base layer. It's the thing you wear the most often. It, so because of that, it's like the most individual and the most specific. So I, I think about every t-shirt in my closet. There are lots that are, that, that, that I love. But every single one of them, there's something that I, I could change. There's right. something that I would make a little bit different. And it, it, you're exactly right. That's for me. Yeah. It's, it'd be for me. Yes. But it would still be, but that's what, that's what all these guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what every designer is doing is, is, is filling a hole in their closet. That's how they start their brands. Oh, I mean, the, when I first started making merch for Scaries and stuff, like people were like, oh, like, why'd you do that? I'm like, because it, it's something I wanted. Cause, right. Like, yep. like I, made the, I made an oatmeal pullover last fall and it was like, no, I just want this for myself. And the fact that I have a platform where other people can buy them too is exciting and it's very nice for me. But like at the end of the day, the reason I make the, I want those things, like I wanted a bunch of scented candles that were Sunday Scaries branded. That's why we did scented candles. It was like, yeah, I want to have this stuff for me. Yeah. Like I want it to be, and I just want it to be an extension of the brand, but the brand is essentially like, I mean, it comes from me. So I, I, the stuff that I've made for Scaries is all stuff that I've just wanted in my closet. There's been very few things that I've gotten and not taken at least two or three of myself and stowed away for like later use. But my, my answer is not even something I've done before. What's your answer? I just want, I would do a crew neck sweatshirt. Okay. That would be my first thing. I love wearing a sweatshirt. I love wearing them when it's a hundred degrees outside and the AC's <laughs> on in my place. I yeah. love having one on. I will wear one in the morning, even though it's hot outside, just because I enjoy wearing it. And then I'll get in my air conditioned car and be like, oh, I'm comfortable right now. I, I got the AC fully blasting. But I just really enjoy the feel of like a thick fabric draping over me. I just like it. And I would, I've always wanted, and I think it's probably the Sunday scariest part of me too, that wants that kind of leisure wear, but having that kind of matching like sweatsuit kind of thing, I would love to just have the perfect one for me in like the perfect thick cotton fabric, the perfect cut that I would want, everything like that. You know, I'm very particular about cuffs on things, about Mm -hmm. the collars on things and stuff. I like a high collar 
that kind of makes you feel like you're a little more buttoned up. I like having a much shorter uh, cuff on a sleeve because I just don't like having that giant piece of fabric that's just making me feel like it's billowing out from me. Yeah. And so I just I think I'm most particular about a, a, a crew neck sweatshirt when it ter- comes to the, to wearing stuff. And so I think that's why I would start there. Yeah, that that that's another great one. And I, I think that the the conversation that we're having here is also illuminating because it kind of helps explain why there are so many like elevated basics brands. Yeah. As well, mm-hmm. like. There are lots of brands, lots of streetwear stuff, you know, specifically, but there are lots of these brands because like everybody is kind of like throwing their hat in the ring to kind of like fix this one, you know, to, to, to solve for this, this one specific genre of clothing, this one kind of area of, of our closets. Um, you elaborated nicely on, on your crew neck. So, so I'll do the same for, for my t-shirt. It, it's a. It would be a cropped and boxier fit. John Elliott just released some really nice looking tees today, that have a, a probably around the fit that I would want, but they had to do something a little extra unique, so they flipped it so it's inside out, so the seams are nope. are on the wrong side, and so it's like <sighs> back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you know, there's uh, a brand that we love here. We've had the designer on Pat from Uniform. Love his stuff. T-shirts are really great. Cut half an inch off of them <laughs> on, on on the length because I I needed a little bit shorter of a t shirt and then he uses an amazing heavyweight cotton fabric doesn't always work for Austin Heat so no. I go a little bit lighter on the weight of the t shirt so those are some of the speci- those are just some of the specifics. Will that, your t shirt have any I'm branding on it or is this going to be a completely basic? No, tea? it would be a it would be a basic blank t. It would have like a wa- like a wash like I want it to feel a little bit like lived in worn in already mm-hmm. to have you know so it wouldn't just be like a solid saturated color it would have some some highs and lows uh you know and, and have that kind of like garment or pigment wash uh and then all just like you know probably really earthy colors to start i'm in yeah. I'll, i'm your first so, customer let me have one and branding i'm branding i don't know you know something something super simple no it's gotta be yeah. no screen print or anything like that yeah so. like i had a buddy who was really raving about his basic tees from rag and bone and then they have like a little tag on it and i was like i just don't want that tag on yeah it. like there's yeah. I, get that tag off there that's, what, that, what's that, that doing there that's a tough nut to crack too because that's another thing that people are really really like individually specific about yes like some people won't wear like something with like a tag in it because yeah. they think that the, the tag is uncomfortable. So oh, you got to you got to think about that, and you got to think about yeah the little R and B embroidery. Some people that's too much for some people. So I would drive my mom insane when I was a little kid, and we'd go back to school shopping because I think I've always just been annoyingly particular when it comes to clothing. Yeah, like I'm not saying if I'm not saying that from a fashionable perspective, but I remember trying on clothes in like the Gap. And being like, no, I don't like how this collar feels. My mom would be like, oh my God, it's just a Gap t-shirt. Just buy it. Like, it's not like you're at Old Navy, Will. Like, lower your expectations. And it's not like I was trying to get some luxe product, but I just, like, if something doesn't feel right the second I put it on, I will find a reason to never wear it. And that's what drives me insane. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys are like that. So um, thank you to our listener for that question. We're always doing listener questions around here. So if you want to submit one, you can always DM me at Barrett Dudley or at Club Cool Pod. Even better, jump in that Discord that I mentioned. You get access to that when you join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Club Cool. You can join starting for as little as $2 a month, and there's even a discount if you pay for your whole year up front. Thank you to all of today's sponsors. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you to Will for being here and, and, and doing this podcast on short notice. 
Will, uh, I, I feel like everybody knows you at this point, and everybody is probably following you and listening to your podcast, but, but plug your stuff. Well, Barrett, I just first want to say thank you for inviting me on today. Uh, you don't have to thank me for coming on, because if Barrett's got a spray tan, I'm going to be in the vicinity. <laughs> so it, it was my pleasure. Uh, yeah, Barrett and I have been doing retail therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed. Please go check that out. We've been having fun doing it. It's been doing pretty well, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. So go check that out. Uh, circling back, all the Wash Media properties, just go check them out. Right on. Um, yes, definitely follow us, listen to us on Retail Therapy. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Make sure you're, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're liking, make sure you're reviewing, all of that. And uh, we will be back very soon with a fresh new episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.